Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Congratulations, Texas Rangers win the World Series. Pearl off now a fan because one of our listeners <laughs> sent him a hat, and that's all it takes. Of course, the Rangers get the first World Series title in the history of their franchise. I love it. I love it when teams finally break through. I think it gives hopes to all the other you know franchises who have come close, who have never won, that maybe your turn will come up. You'll get Yahtzee, yeah. and it'll be time for you to finally celebrate. So I love it. And yeah, maybe you'll spend billions and billions and billions of dollars over 20 years and sign every great free agent and finally get lucky. However you do you, it, If it you think this is, means the Bills are going to win a Super Bowl, you are so delusional. I'm talking about all the other franchises, the Minnesota Vikings. I'm talking about the Seattle Mariners. I'm talking about all the teams that have been waiting oh, patiently and the fans who've been waiting patiently. You get another one that gets checked off the list last night. Texas Rangers, boom, you're champs. It's not like the Cubs who beat a 106-year drought here. I think I see what you're saying in spirit. This doesn't feel like this Cinderella story, this little underdog out of Dallas. I don't get that vibe from this team. No, this was a little more of a Goliath team. They're a top 10 payroll, eighth overall, so it's not like they weren't spending money. They brought in some big-time key acquisitions in the last couple years, and however you get it done. You can either be the money ball situation and try to get done with this small payroll like the Tampa Bay Rays, or you can try to be a, a team that outspends. Either way, they're calling you champion, and that's what you have to call the Texas Rangers now. And, you know, kudos to them. Kudos to the fans. Perloff thinks that more people in Texas are interested in a Friday night high school football game. They'll be interested wow. in the Rangers. But I think it's different. I mean, that's no slight to the Rangers. There's obsession <laughs> with a Friday night football game in Texas, and there's a lot of seats there. No, I do think it is a funny fan base because obviously you think of Dallas, you think of the Cowboys. It's the most iconic team in sports. So the Rangers are always been caught in between that. This is a great team, and the fans, the watch party last night showed that they are obviously super intense. I'm so happy for them, but I can't, just not quite doing it for me in the sense that I'm frustrated as a baseball fan that I want a dynasty. We need a dynasty now. Don't we need somebody to dominate this sport so when we tune in for the World Series, we can root for against them? Kind of like the Yankees in the 90s or the The Lakers in basketball or, you know, back in the day with the Cowboys in football. We need that team a little bit. I don't know if you're going to get that, though, because, and you've made this point, and and I'll agree with you, it does feel like baseball and hockey are the two most crapshoot playoffs that we have in the postseason. And I know NFL teams can break through maybe a year or two ahead of schedule, like we saw the Cincinnati Bengals get to a Super Bowl maybe a year ahead of schedule. But for the most part, you feel like the best teams are going to be there, you know, at the end. Same thing with basketball. Seven-game series, it's impossible, feels like, for the better team to not prevail. You're just given too many chances. Hockey has this element of anything can happen, and, of course, baseball as well. So, I think it's going to be harder for yep. dynasties to have. No, you're absolutely right. There's and some... I know the Tampa Bay Lightning have won, but I'm just saying moving forward. And if I was going to nitpick, 
it did lack a little star power in the sense that you you could have had a Shohei or somebody. That's the other thing that we're not having. The best players in baseball are not necessarily always getting to the postseason. You don't have Mike Trout. You don't have Shohei Otane. You don't have Aaron Judge here. So I think that was a little bit like we know ratings are down. Let's not kid ourselves. Sure. It would be a little more palatable to casual fans if you had much bigger names in there. Well, one thing for Shohei Otani to actually, maybe you could take away from this, is Nathan Avaldi, Nate Avaldi, who pitched brilliantly in this postseason, including winning five games and three of them were closeout games and was awesome last night, is a guy who's had two Tommy John surgeries and has come back to pitch brilliantly, like excellent. So Shohei had to undergo second You've had Jacob DeGrom's had a second. Other these guys who have had these second Tommy Johns, you're wondering how are they going to respond to it? Well, Nate Evaldi might be, you know, the guy to look at and say, look at how good he's pitching. All right. Uh, that's what I'd rather. If I was, if I was Shohei's agent, I'd, yeah, I'd be saying I like that. <laughs> the ability to bring Shohei into the conversation was well done there. <laughs> Thank you. It'd be even better if he was on the field pitching at the end or hitting at the end. I say go hitter. Stop with the pitching nonsense. But... Yeah, I, it was it was a great series. I'm still mad the Phillies weren't there. I'm not going to lie to you. A lot of bitter feelings That's here. Right. We would have beaten the Rangers, but whatever. Well, now you're a Ranger fan, so yeah. If you can't beat big. it, if you can't beat it's him, join him. Up. <laughs> yeah, eight five five two one two four CBS eight five five two one two four two two seven. So there you go, another World Series in the books. Uh, we also got the sad news last night that Bobby Knight had passed away. And Bobby Knight, 83 years old, I mean, to call his legacy complicated is probably a massive understatement. He was an incredible winner in the sport of college basketball with the three national titles, 24 NCAA appearances in 29 years, the undefeated team in 76. I mean, you can go on and on. The gold medal uh, that he won with all amateurs. And that's part of the story. But his infamous temper and anger is almost just as much a part of the story as the winning. And depending on who you talk to, he's he was either this incredible mentor, father figure, uh, you know, tough love, you know, helping young men grow in young boys grow into men. Or on the flip side, he was like a ruthless bully and somebody who in a lot of ways maybe did damage and harm to his legacy because he never could get his anger under control. It's interesting, when I was playing high school basketball uh, and JV college basketball, I want to point out, Bobby Knight was the role model for coaches. Uh, Sort of this tough guy, no-nonsense. I've even heard interviews where Bobby Knight just intentionally would call out players to get the one in effect. That was the coaching style for years. I think Bobby Knight's impact on other coaches is almost immeasurable. Basically, I don't know who was first, Bill Parcells or Bobby Knight, but I feel they like... coached together. At yeah, one point, Bill yeah. Parcells was on his staff as like a assistant at West Point. I feel like the Bill Belichick coaching style comes from Bobby Knight. Mm-hmm. Just put everything... Winning is all that matters. Personal feelings don't matter. So in that sense, I could argue he's almost as impactful as any coach we've had in our lifetime. Be So many coaches wanted to be him. And then, of course, Coach K came from him in many ways, who is the premier college basketball coach of all time. So I think Bobby Knight, I I know the negative stuff, but today I think about, wow, that he really changed the sport. Yeah. The thing is though, the sport and like society changed and, you know, all of a sudden the things, not all of a sudden, it was a little bit more drip, drip, drip like that, but things weren't just tolerated anymore. um, Like they were in the seventies and the eighties and maybe even the early nineties. And obviously, in the 2000s when he puts his hand on a player and 
you know, kind of chokes the, the player. He went under a zero tolerance, tolerance policy, and then he kind of grabbed a student who then later said, like, hey, what up, Knight, or something like that, and he got fired for it. I mean, that's just a couple of the things. There's the more – it's funny because – at the time, I think when he was throwing chairs across the court and yeah. screaming at everybody and officials and all that, it was almost like idolized, like like people yeah. liked it. And then all of a sudden it turned because society turned. And yeah. now it's you, you can't you can't be abusive like that to people and and get away with it. No, it's and it's, which is definitely good. I mean, the counter argument is now kids are getting participation trophies and nobody cares about winning. And the NBA is so desperate that they're doing an in-season tournament because the title is not the thing anymore. Sorry, EJ. I'm to just get saying people to care. the right. old school yeah. win comes first and personality does not matter. There was that mentality that a lot of coaches adapted. And I, I understand the merits of it. And let's say one thing about it. The guy was obviously a brilliant basketball mind. Definitely. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. So and ironically, it was like a beautiful style of basketball too. Yeah. You know, motion offense, positionless uh, basketball. It was like very beautiful and evolved for a guy in his per- who personally was not a very evolved thinker in terms of how rigid he was. Didn't seem like he was really open to a lot of ideas about how to do things differently because he always thought he was right. And so the basketball was almost free form, but it, the man wasn't free form. But if, if he had sense. if he had changed and become more modern, it wouldn't have worked either. I can't ever see that happening. You're right. He he had his time and it wore out. I got to be honest. I would have never played for him. I would have never covered him too because he was obnoxious to the press. Yep. I think that would. And be then miserable. joined ESPN yeah. later on to call games, which people thought was like a little bit height of hypocrisy yeah. because of oh, how bad him. he was to the press. Yeah, I mean he uh, he was obviously a bully, yep. and thank God people have turned. I mean, I still think there's a ton of bullying in our society, but people at least acknowledge that's the worst thing you can be. You know, the today though, I hear these players and coaches talking about him, and just the. Something was special there. There was something. I think you can yep. you can say the negative, but there was something special basketball wise that has to be honored as well. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. Speaking of coaches, we were talking before about the Las Vegas Raiders, who have changed head coaches. Obviously, Josh McDaniels is going to be gone. He is gone, and now Antonio Pierce is in. Nathan is in Indianapolis, wanted to talk about it. Good morning, Nathan. How are you? Uh, doing great. Appreciate you uh, having me on. And first and foremost, so glad you guys made the move to uh, the morning. So now I can actually listen to you and get ready for work and all that good stuff. Awesome. So, but I wanted to just chime in on the Saturday hire. So, you know, I'm 40 years old, was rooting for the Colts and uh, the Jeff George and Jim Har- Har- Harbaugh era. However... The fan base was not happy when we brought them in, and we knew that the season was was pretty much over when we hired him. <laughs> and uh, you know, yes, being a diehard Colts fan, I have a kind of a close personal connection with the Ursay family. My uh, my wife actually runs around with the daughters, so we hear a lot of stuff at times. And the big thing is, and I don't think a lot of people realize, you know, Jim Ursay, and yes, he's had some struggles in the past, but from an owner standpoint. He is one of the most liked, knowledgeable football IQ owners in the NFL. And so when we knew when we hired Saturday, it was a disaster. The season was over, and it was to just see what we could do at the end to get a high draft pick. So Interesting. So share that. You didn't like the Saturday hire, but you still believe that Ursay knows what he's doing and is respected. 100 percent interesting the goal yeah. after the matt ryan disaster and then hiring saturday we knew the season was absolutely over yeah 
Because one thing about Ursay is, you know, he hired Reggie Wayne as the receivers coach. He hired Robert Mathis as the linebacker coach. He was bringing back that Peyton Manning nostalgia. And, you know, I get it. But, however, when he did that, we knew it was over. <laughs> Nathan, thank you so much for the phone call. Uh, my guy Shane Steichen has been a bit of a disappointment there in Indy. He's got he can run a good offense. His game time decisions, like all young coaches, have been just awful. Oh, the management, the end of oh, game stuff. Dude, he's screwing up left and right. I think he's getting a pass though because Anthony Richardson is out for the rest of the year, and you totally. got Gardner Minshew. And actually, they're putting up a lot of yards. I think he's a really good offensive coordinator. And remember the guy in, uh, of course, Zach Taylor in Cincinnati. I think was two and fourteen. It's not a judgment of where he is. I like that. You want people to tank, so hiring Jeff Saturday was a brilliant tank move by <laughs> Ursay. Come on. You didn't recognize the genius. I mean, that's the Machiavellian moment. That's like I said. If the Raiders wanted to lose and they wanted to get a high draft pick, just stay with Josh McDaniels. He would do plenty of losing for you. I see. Yeah, okay. There, <laughs> so, was, there was no way that team was going right. to all of a sudden rally around We need him. some wins. Let's promote the linebacker coach. I, but you, Antonio Pierce is in here talking really tough, you know, about culture and getting back to the old yeah, Raiders. And they're probably beat, NWA. Yeah, they'll, right. they'll probably beat the Giants and people buy into it. But the interim coach thing just does not work. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Um, we also touched on the Packers earlier yeah. today. And the fact that Jordan Love and... Um, is basically on a 10-game tryout now, and it hasn't gone exactly how people thought it thought it would go. Andy is in Pittsburgh. He's got a thought on it. Good morning, Andy. How are you? Notice about, these, about the Packers over the years. You can count on one hand how many players they get from in colleges, Notre Dame, Alabama, and stuff like that. Uh, they're getting from less-known colleges like Randall Call from Kentucky. Donald Driver, Alcorn State, Brett Favre, Southern Miss. They've always been like that. And now Jordan Love, Utah State. They might, and of course Aaron Rodgers, California, Power Five Conference, but whoever thinks about a quarterback from California? (laughs) (laughs) If if it's from USC, Southern California, Trojans, oh yeah, but they don't get them from big time colleges like that. Eddie, this is brilliant. They think they're smarter than everyone, right? So they can get the small school guys. You've nailed it. Wait a minute. It's, hold on, Andy. This You've given us something to yeah. think about. Andy, thank you for the phone call. Well, now we've got to go through the route. Of course they've got guys from big-time no. colleges. Well, yeah, but did Christian Watson, Mr. North Dakota State. Did Rashawn Gary went to Michigan. Yeah, but, I mean, generally, he's absolutely right. Look at this bizarre group of colleges they draft from. A.J. Dillon from Boston College. How many Boston College pros are there besides him and Zay Flowers? Matt Ryan was there forever. He's the MVP of the league. Oh, I, I think Andy nailed it. They are too smart. Wait, is is this possibly true? I don't think so. I mean, I'm just I, looking at their wide receiver room. I well, mean, the wide receiver. Yeah, yeah Nevada. Yeah, Nevada. North Dakota State. Okay, but you don't have so receivers. Haven't they shown us in the past that you actually don't necessarily need to be from a big school to be an all-time great receiver? Jerry Rice, Randy Moss. These guys weren't at these massive schools. They're two of the best ever. T.O., the same. Okay. Tennessee, Chattanooga. I'm looking at the draft. They did take Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt from Georgia, but generally, yes. generally, I'll bet you they have the most diverse college list of any drafting team. This this makes perfect sense. I don't think so. And that's I mean, the other thing. Wide receivers, like you, you know, you got uh, Devontae Adams from Fresno State. Like you can get wide receivers from from not Power Five. Maggie, they have a quarterback from Utah State throwing to a wide receiver from North Dakota State and a wide receiver from Nevada. <laughs> that has never happened in the NFL. 
Wait, that, has it? <laughs> no. And obviously, he's I exactly right. No. They, the, the great teams, I think they did have a lot of small college guys. Uh, obviously, Favre, Southern Miss, nobody knew that was coming. Right, but I, I guess, like, when it comes to receivers, that's the place where I'm okay with them being from a lesser-known school. What are you talking about? 90% of the receivers are from three schools. No, from but I'm Georgia, just Georgia, Alabama, and whatever. I know, but I listen to you. Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, Terrell Owens. You want to go to Antonio Brown? I mean, you don't have to go to these massive Georgias and Alabamas to be a great receiver. I, I mean, don't, listen, I don't know. you can. I feel you can like be you, Justin Jefferson. I feel you can like be if Chase you're not Young, from LSU or Alabama, yeah, okay. But generally, though, this there are some small school guys here. I think it's point. Utah State. Name another Utah State Aggie in the NFL. Okay, but quarterbacks, we could talk about North Dakota's quarterbacks and North Dakota State, and at least, like, we acknowledge that good quarterbacks can Find a wide-receiving quarterback core that's more random than that, and I will <laughs> I will say you win. I don't, I don't think I can. <laughs> I'm going to look, though. Edward is in Arizona. Good morning, Edward. How are you? Edward, you there? Hello. Oh, yes, yes. I'm doing well. Uh, I just want to say you you guys are great in the morning. You know, ever since DA left, I was unsure. And I think you guys are awesome and a great um, fill-in for his shoes. And just wanted to talk about the Raiders and how uh, I think they made a great move at letting go of Josh McDaniels and moving forward and uh, Aiden O'Connell being the quarterback. I think it's it's a great move. You're excited about this. Oh, yeah, I'm a huge Raider fan. Hey, Edward, why did they go to Aiden O'Connell before? Why? I, I thought thought it was weird that Brian Hoyer game, I guess. I think it was because it was against the Patriots, right? Yeah, I, I thought that they kind of, I thought McDaniels really messed up that game and the Bears game big time. Well, if you notice, McDaniels, ex-Patriot, brought in all these Patriots, Jacoby Myers, Johnson, the fullback, and decided to, try to make the Raiders the Patriots as well as Brian Hoyer. That's a, that's a gut feeling I have, um, but I'm excited for the future. You know, McDaniels is the past. It was a dark time, and I didn't like it from the get-go when we had him. <laughs> well, and you were right to be weary of that. Edward, thank you. Thank you for the compliment. Still trying to find a more random wide receiver room. I'm like, ah, the Rams, but it's just really Cooper Cup, who's from a small school. Nakua went to Washington, and Tutu Atwell went to Louisville. So. Well, yeah, and mix in the quarterback, too. And then let's see yeah, you. well, okay, yeah. And Stafford went to Georgia, so I really can't do that. I'll keep looking. You're not going to find – was Romeo Dobbs, was he UNLV or Nevada? I'm sorry. Nevada. No, Nevada. You're right. on the money, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to keep looking. I'll find a more random quarterback and receiver combination, random colleges that they went to, smaller schools. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Okay, coming up, we still have a lot more to do, including um, memories of Coach Bobby Knight from people who were inspired by him. We've got more from the Michigan scandal as well. Don't move. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. Heated argument here on who's the most random drafting team in the NFL. Because Andy from Pittsburgh just said the Packers rely too much on small schools. I am looking at some of the receivers in history, Maggie, and they do not get more random. Donald Driver of Alcorn State fame. Devontae Adams, Fresno State. The Packers have a formula. You're trying to beat it, but uh, 
<laughs> We're going to get back to that argument later in the show. We definitely will. Who's got the most random wide receiver room? Uh, but that gets put on hold right now as we are remembering an icon today, and that is Bobby Knight, who passed away last night at the age of 83, and his impact on, well, not just basketball, but also specifically on coaches. And Chris Walker is a analyst now with CBS Sports Network. He is a former college basketball coach and coach at Texas Tech. He played his college basketball at Villanova. Uh, Chris, thanks so much for the time today. Good morning. Morning, guys. How are you guys doing? Well, yeah, we're doing great. And we're remembering Bobby Knight, a very complicated man, um, but obviously a, an excellent basketball coach. And that's and that's probably too much of an understatement. He won the three titles at Indiana, Chris, but you coached at Texas Tech. What was the impact that Bobby Knight had at that school? You know, and he had a tremendous impact. You're talking about the school. They had Gerald Myers. Gerald Myers who was a longtime coach there, and they had some measure of success. But when Bob Knight came there, it shined a light on Lubbock, Texas. Uh, certainly made it easier for a guy like myself to be the head coach there as well. And now, you know, with Chris Beard, who was also, I don't know if people know this, he was a disciple of Bobby Knight, uh, coached for him, coached with him for his entire tenure that he was there at Texas Tech. And you see the success that he had but again he put Lubbock on the map uh, as far as basketball wise and and guys like myself had a chance to go in there and and kind of uh off that success try to make that place as sexy as possible and Chris Beard took him to the championship game so he was certainly a polarizing figure as you mentioned but he was a personality uh he was a demigod in a time where you know you in the in the 70s and 80s where that was something that was somewhat acceptable uh, to be a disciplinarian. He was from the Army, where they hired him from. But, Maggie, and you're talking about a winner. You're talking about a guy who not only uh, coached three national championships, played in three national championships as a player, won one. And uh, some of his disciples, I obviously worked for Steve Alford uh, at New Mexico, who's one of the greatest college basketball players, probably the greatest shooter of all time, who loved him dearly. So I know both sides of the story, obviously the media and and the people in Indiana uh, know one side. I know the other side as well, but a great coach nonetheless. You know, Chris, when I was coming up in high school basketball, I felt like all the coaches looked up to Bobby Knight. They wanted to be Bobby Knight. I don't think it's like that anymore. But you graduated college in 92. Was he sort of the top of the coaching mountain back then? Listen, I played for one of the most fiery coaches of all time, the Rolly Massimino. So I certainly know what it's like to be coached hard, but loved at the same time. And, and think about it. When Dick Vitale, anytime Indiana played, he called him the general, and he said his full name, Robert Montgomery Knight. So there was a level of respect on all sides uh, for what Bobby Knight was to the industry back then. And remember, he left the game as the winningest, winningest all-time coach. So, again, you're talking about a guy who got kids to come to Bloomington, Indiana. You know, put Bloomington, Indiana on the map. The last undefeated team, we thought the year before Stock May didn't get hurt in the NCAA tournament, they would have been undefeated for two straight years. So the way people looked at him, as I said before, he was the standard. Emotion offense, you know, he was a guy, one of his favorite sayings was, dumb gets you beat more than smart helps you win. And I internalize that today, even when I recruit it, even when I do television, I, when, God, when players aren't smart and, he, and in the days of advanced metrics and analytics, you know, we talk about a player like LeBron and how great he is, but the, the thing we talk about right after that is how smart he is. You talk about a guy like Tom Brady and his talent or, you know, or lack of physical gifts, you talk about how smart he is. 
and he was a throwback to that time where discipline today would not, I shouldn't say it would be frowned upon, but with social media, I don't believe, and I might be in the minority when I say this, when people remember people, someone will say, hey, Will Chamberlain wouldn't be the same player uh, today in the NBA that he was back then. Jim Brown, no way he could have ran over, you know, uh, Joey Bosa and some of those guys that play linebacker today. Well, that's like saying Bobby Knight, because of his ways, would not have won today. I, I think he would have adapted and maybe have been, again, the same personality, but not as polarizing. Chris Walker is joining us, CBS Sports Network analyst and former college basketball coach at Texas Tech and former player at Villanova and a few more stops in between. And he joins us now to talk about the legacy of Coach Knight. It's funny because, Chris, I think that if Bobby Knight could have evolved, do you think he would have even in the time we saw from the you know 60s and 70s all the way through the 2000s? It felt like that was what ultimately, you know, if anything, did hold him back. It was that he just could never get his temper under control. And again, as we talk about in today's world with social media and all of the things that happen, like I just remember being a young coach, and I don't want to date myself here, guys, but I was a coach before they had cell phones. (laughs) Okay, we remember life before cell phones too. (laughs) I remember the business. You know, we go, we live in a time. I lived in a time when we didn't have cell phones as a kid. You know, I would go to my dorm room and they would write messages on the door saying, "Hey, someone called." Like. Pay phones worlds I lived in, and I remember when the business changed when cell phones were introduced to recruiting. It changed the whole world, changed the way the most operandites of a lot of people uh, acted. All of a sudden, now summer basketball, AAU basketball, the empowerment of players is, is, today is different. Now, with the advent of the NIL, with the transfer portal, you know, uh, I was listening to something that Dabo Sweeney was saying the other day, and he was like, you know, anti-transfer portal, and look what's happened to the Clemson program. It's either adapt or die, you know. So I believe that Bobby Knight, again, staunch disciplinarian, a tremendous basketball coach, would have had to somewhat uh, adapt if he wanted to continue to be successful. And, you know, some of the stuff is well-documented, you know, uh, obviously, as I said before, I coach receive offers, so I know uh, a lot of glowingly, uh, a lot of glowing things about him. But you know, one piece of history is that I actually I worked for Jamber and Brodikoff at Pepperdine, and we beat them in Buffalo in the NCAA tournament when they had AJ Guyton. And incidentally, that was the coincidentally that was the last game we ever coached at Indiana because we had the incident the next fall. So um, again, just a lot of history there. And but as far as people believing and, and having this reverence of Bobby Knight, people love the purity. If you love the purity of the game, and, and Bobby Knight was a guy that you revered. On the other side, I am a person that believes in treating people with respect, uh, that does not believe in bullying, uh, that does not believe in uh, intimidating people. But at the same time, you know, kids today grow up with a different level of the way they see the world and maybe that part is what we're saying would not have worked for Bobby Knight. You know, Chris, Coach K, obviously uh, a mentee of Bobby Knight. How is Coach K different than Bobby Knight? I know he's also a disciplinarian, but it feels like he evolved into something that Bobby Knight could not. You're right. And, and, that, and that's my general point is that I believe that he would have been a Coach K to a degree. And Coach K saw, you know, that, you know, kids were changing. You know, he got his top recruits. When he first built the program and Mark Allery and Tommy Amaker and Johnny Dawkins, and then the rest is history and the legacy that they built on the John Shire, they're still getting the number one recruiting class. They do a great job 
of promoting that program, and and they don't have, they're not the, the size of a Indiana or the size of a, a Purdue these big time schools with or Michigan with a hundred thousand football fans, but yet they maintain that excellence. So he learned that. You know, his genesis, the epicenter of him is Army basketball and Coach Knight, who he revered, and even Coach Alford, who they they revered this man. So again, there are some things that people would quote unquote. Uh, you know, say that, you know, we're very negative. And, and I would agree uh, there are some things that probably cross the lines. But at the same time, you cannot deny the unparalleled success. I mean, think about it. You know, there are a lot of coaches that have coached since Coach Knight has, has been in this game. And only Jim Calhoun, who I think is one of the greatest coaches of all time, you know, other than Coach K, have won three national championships in the modern era. It is very difficult to do what he did. But after he won his last national championship in 87, when Keith Smart made that shot, again, that's when in the 80s and 90s and 2000s, kids' culture of basketball started to change. And that may be where, you know, Coach Knight probably would have struggled. But unapologetic, uh, you know, and just a very, um, uh, as I said, polarizing figure in a lot of ways. But a lot of people learn the game from this man. And I think today, as much as we can be critical of him and much as we can talk about the other side, I think we should have the 90-10 rule and speak about the great things that he brought to the game. Chris, can't tell you how much we appreciate this. You know, before we let you go, do you have final four picks for us? I mean, to... Oh, you put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the college basketball season is about to tip off. I don't know if we would have had a more like random collection of teams on the men's side for the final four last year. When you think about UConn, the university of Miami and FAU and San Diego state, I mean, that's going to be an all timer. If you could have called that final four, it really would have been something. Yeah, you're right. You know what? I, I you caught me on. I, I should have anticipated this question. No, and that's I've been okay. Going up on my basketball, Chris. We'll get you I, back. I you don't have to answer this. We'll we'll we'll, we'll get you back on the show. We're gonna break down every conference. Yeah, we'll we'll get you back, <laughs> and you can do. Let's tease them a little bit. Okay. Yeah. By the way, Villanova fan, you're talking to right here. Grew up in Lower Marion, so. Oh, there you go. Good there. Man. So we know. We know. We remember the Big Five, Chris. It's all good. Oh, listen. You brought, hey, I'll tell you something. Before I went to Villanova from Houston, I had no idea what the Big Five was. But I certainly know what it is now. <laughs> Chris Walker, you can watch him. CBS Sports Network, college basketball analyst. Thank you for joining us to reminisce about Bobby Knight. Thank you. Thank you. You guys have a good day. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Appreciate that. 
We turn our attention to Andrew Bogus, who is here with headlines. Good morning. Guys, good morning again. This is something the Washington Senators could only dream about. The Texas Rangers are finally world champs. Two balls, two strikes. Spores, kicks, and fires. He struck him out looking. It's over. It's over. The Rangers have won the World Series. Ranger fans, you're not dreaming. The Rangers are the World Series champions. As heard on Rangers Radio, a 5-0 win in Game 5 in Arizona, Texas, winning all 11 of its road games this postseason. Last night, they didn't have a hit or a run for six innings. Got a Mitch Garver RBI single in the seventh, and then a four-run ninth. That included a two-run homer from Marcus Simeon. Manager Bruce Bochy's been here before. This is his fourth title. A smart decision by him to unretire. It's unreal. I was sitting on a recliner there in Nashville and just enjoying myself when he called me. And I tell you what, I, I, I'm so honored to ride with these guys. Uh, it, they they inspire me with the, how resilient they've been. But to get this call, be part of this, I know how blessed I am. I can't thank these guys enough. And as um, we learned yesterday, yeah, right. We gotta have a new uh, the, the new um, not off the couch. Signed him off the recliner. <laughs> Got him off the recliner. I the only thing that would have been better for you was like sipping an ice cold lemonade. I'm telling you, in that recliner, making leather goods. Now he can make little pouches for their World Series race. There you go. Wait, when you think recliner, he said that. Were you thinking like a rocking chair on a porch, or did you go to no. Lazy Boy? Like Lazy what, Boy. What yeah. your head? Okay. Yeah, he know he knows the difference. He probably has both. <laughs> but recliner is you sit back, flip the lever, legs go up with authority. That's what he's talking about. Are recliners still as popular as they were when I was a kid? Like everyone had a Lazy Boy. I don't know if there's a, if like Lazy Boy so. is still like the main thing, but I mean, my parents bought their house. It was uh, the must item my dad had to have more <laughs> than anything else. Yes, that was like it was like a, a not a status symbol, but like it because it was more about like I've achieved this moment in my life yeah. where I can just kick my feet up. Yeah, I've earned it. Yeah, my dad went ballistic one day because uh, my friends were laying in his uh, reclining chair. <laughs> he went ballistic. I could not believe how mad he was. Did right. he? He went Bobby Knight on him. Did he also have? <laughs> you have to. If you're gonna have a recliner like that, though, you must have a side table. Oh, you got oh, a yeah. side horse. Yep. But I, I don't think that's a thing anymore. Actually, now you bring. I've never heard anyone talk about a recliner now. I'm trying to think. You know, I haven't been. In, Ever since COVID, like the you don't couch. really go in people's everyone, everyone, houses as much. I think it's more acceptable to eat meals and do everything on your couch, maybe. Well, that's what people are brag about getting super expensive, nice couches, right? The last time I was in a furniture store, a lot of the couches had one section that was a recliner. It wasn't yeah. a freestanding lazy boy. There's also two of the fancy folks that have like screening rooms have like right. the reclining like well, movie now, chairs. Movie theaters, the newest movie theaters have recliners instead of chairs. I think it's, it's oh, Regal or AMC. Almost all of them do now. Yeah, yeah, it's, I love sick. it. I love it, and yeah. you get you know assigned seating, which I, I, I love, love as that well. Too. Like, you know, yep. everybody knows where you are before you get in there and you know what kind of seats you'll be able to get by looking up and seeing, oh, only bad seats available in this theater. Let me go to somewhere else. Like, or you can sit best. next to the people you want to sit next There's to and that. make sure yeah. you can sit next to them. Yeah, yeah. If you don't have a recliner and table service yeah. at a movie theater, how are you even in business? Well, I got to tell you, though, there's one theater that has the old school sticky floors. Like, they haven't cleaned it up, and there's these old chairs. Porn? And no, but there's something charming about it. It's, co- it's like the one, it's not the big corporate movie theater. I do think Indie that. Indie film, art house. Are movies really bad? Did, did we suffer as kids going to a normal, crappy movie theater? Like, 
like, do we need this experience? <laughs> I'm not sure we like do. It feel like I was suffering. I felt like I was having the yeah. time of my life. Like Honestly, multiple birthday parties, just going to a movie. <laughs> yeah, you give me popcorn anywhere. I don't need the recliner. I kind of, I like messing up an old crappy theater kind of. <laughs> Except front row is always bad. Uh, Bogus, sorry. Uh, Steelers, Titans, Pickett, Levis on Thursday Night Football in Pittsburgh. Will Levis doesn't have to worry about injured safety, Minka Fitzpatrick, but Cam Hayward is back on the Pittsburgh D-line for this one after hurting his groin in week one. And if rookie Jaron Hall starting for the Vikings wasn't good enough for you, the Falcons are going with Taylor Heineke for Sunday's showdown. This a one-week change from Desmond Ritter, for now at least, according to Arthur Smith. The- are you kidding me? Taylor Heineke is Joe Namath compared to Jaron <laughs> Hall. The Falcons have a huge edge here. Uh, the, but do you want to watch either one of them play the position? Not much. Okay. Uh, the Miami Heat set themselves up for another Cinderella run through the playoffs, opening the season one and four, courtesy of last night's 109-105 home loss to the Nets, a game in which Miami led by 15 Head coach Eric Spolstra. We certainly have to um, sustain. We have to find a way to sustain it more consistently uh, and better, and uh, and that's what we'll focus on. This is Miami's worst five-game start since 06. The Grizzlies 0-5 for the first time since 2002 after a 133-109 loss in Utah. And the Bucks just 2-2 two and two, falling in Toronto, 131-11. Giannis and Lillard combining for just 31 points. The Lakers snapped their 11-game losing streak to the Clippers, 130-125 in overtime. LeBron, 35 points, 12 boards, and 7 assists. The Warriors stole a 102-101 win from the Kings on Clay Thompson's jumper with two-tenths of a second left. And the Pelicans, 110-106 winners in OKC, 29 points from C.J. McCollum. Zion had 20 plus 10 boards and 8 assists. Arizona also lost on the ice last night. The Coyotes falling in OT in Anaheim 4-3. Troy Terry scored three times, including the game winner for the Ducks. And the WNBA putting expansion to Portland on hold for now, apparently because upcoming renovations to the Blazers arena means the new team wouldn't have any place to play. The Warriors getting a WNBA franchise in 2025, and the league wanted to add Portland to that as well. Guys, back to you. Hey, when's the James Harden train wreck begin? <laughs> well, he's at least on the bench now. And PJ Tucker played last night. James Harden in street clothes, right? Yeah, so Harden now Harden's doing his um, physical ramp-up act <laughs> for the Clippers. I love PJ Tucker's got to be what? 50 at this point, and he played last night. Well, look, if you if you miss Perloff, Perloff, if you miss Harden in Philly, you can get an up-close look at him Monday night. Right? That's the projection, Monday at the Knicks for his debut? That, oh, is that going to be – that's what I was asking. Is it's, there a, it's, it's possible. I mean, that's five days from now. So, if you can't wrap up by then, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> am I going to be able – is that going to sell out? That cl- Is that a big game, Knicks-Clippers? I was thinking about going until yep. I got this job. <laughs> so like, Go to halftime with yeah, this job. Yeah, leave at halftime. So uh, I think the Garden sells out anyway, so I don't think it will matter. But did Harden drop 50 at the Garden once? He did. Okay. I think it was a 50-point triple double, too. Thanks, Maggie, for that reminder. Mm. I want to, <laughs> if I could short a stock in an NBA team, it is the Clippers. Oh. And I, I, You can't short it because everyone's there shorting it with you. Oh, okay. There, there's no value to <laughs> no. be had there. Uh, they'll no win regular season. Gonna work. They'll win regular season games. Just the one ball for Westbrook, Harden, George, and Kawhi, I just do not understand. I can't. They probably won't be on the court at the same time, right? Like, those four guys are not going to be healthy at once. I doubt it. I mean, they don't think it's going to work. <laughs> the way they're already talking about it, like, yeah, we'll all sacrifice. Like, they, they know it's not going to pan out. Yeah, this is you, amazing. If James Harden, the report was that he was upset last year because he didn't make the All-Star game, what do you think it's going to be like if one of these guys doesn't make it? Maybe Kawhi doesn't well, care, 
but I'm assuming Paul George would like to make the All-Star game again. Yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of there's only so many shots. And obviously, you think you'd move Westbrook to the bench, but he played 45 minutes last night. He's been their arguably their best player so far. Bogus, thank you. My pleasure. So much more to do, including the latest from the Michigan scandal. We've got that for you in just moments. Don't move, Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back. Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff, new morning show here on CBS Sports Radio. A little traffic of what's going to be coming up next. Raider fans, top of the hour. Amy Trask is going to join us, former president of the Raiders. Is going to try to help us figure out what the heck is going on and how the mm-hmm. heck do you fix it. We'll do that a little bit. And then final hour of the show also just confirmed. Steve Alford is going to join us. He's probably one of the most famous players, maybe outside of yeah. Isaiah Thomas, to play for Bobby Knight. Yeah, I mean, if you think of the iconic Indiana player, two names come to my mind, Steve Alford and Damon Bailey. Mm. The homegrown shooting, you think it's just tough shooting. Not Isaiah? No, I don't think of Isaiah. He's not from Indiana. Ah, he's from Chicago. Yeah. I mean, obviously, great. Obviously, there's been so many great players coming out of there. But Steve Alford is sort of tied to Bobby Knight. And Isaiah, the other thing, too, I kind of missed Isaiah. So that's partly the feathered hair with Steve Alford in the 80s. Are you kidding me? We all worship that dude. (laughs) Well, he's going to join us uh, later on in the show uh, to talk about the passing of Bobby Knight. Meanwhile, another iconic coach is uh, under a lot of scrutiny, and it seems to be happening daily. So we turned it into a daily segment. I got a one-track mind. I'm not going to be speculating. Can let others speculate that. It's time for Michigan Mystery. The newest of the James Bond movies. It's called The Michigan Mystery, where we parse out who may have been wearing disguises on the sidelines of a Central Michigan game, trying to steal signs for Michigan State, who Michigan would later play. Know what the problem with the scandal is? That that? the details are so amazing, and they've been coming so fast and furious. It's like a fire. I need more details (laughs) about Connor Stallions every day. I need a new little quirky story. Because I feel like this guy was capable of anything. I'll bet you there's 50 great stories we don't even know yet. And I hope we find them all out. Well, Jim McElwain is the head coach at Central Michigan. This is the latest uh, mystery surrounding Michigan. Was Connor Stallions on the sidelines of Central Michigan wearing Central Michigan gear? Jim McElwain says the the school's looking into it. We obviously are aware of a picture floating around with the... the, uh, the sign stealer guy, um, <laughs> you know, our people are doing everything they can to get to the bottom of it. Um, we're unaware, totally unaware of it. Uh, I certainly don't condone it uh, in any way, shape, or form. Back away, not the only one. Apparently, there was a call last night amongst Big Ten football coaches. lasted 90 minutes, 30 minutes of it. Jim Harbaugh was on the call doing some, I guess, conference business who knows (laughs) and then he hung up the phone and the rest of the coaches just went to town according to espn they were complaining to commissioner tony petiti about uh this is now tainted it's fraudulent this is unprecedented what harbor was doing those are just some of the adjectives that they were using also they laid out how Mm. the sign stealing scandal really does impact the game that's funny. Does Lincoln Riley get to get in on that phone call and complain next year's Big Ten teams? I get this. I just, until someone puts their name to it, it's e- it's not like someone on social media. If you're blindly a- answering something to a reporter 
or call, talking behind the scenes, someone's got to come out there and say publicly, you need to suspend this man. It's got to be a Big Ten coach. Otherwise, the Big Ten, I think, can just lay back and wait for this to pass over. Well, I think that's what they're hoping the commissioner is going to do, right? Like, isn't that, shouldn't that really be the bidding of the commissioner of the conference? But you, you have to publicly pressure that commissioner, don't you? I, I, I think nothing happens here because I think they wait till after the season. They can just say, we need to gather more facts because they actually technically do need to gather more facts. Yeah, this is not totally done. We put out a poll. Uh, EJ has results for us. Go ahead. Yeah, so we asked a similar question. Should Jim Harbaugh be suspended? By the Big Ten. 54.4% say yes. 45.6% say no. I'll tell you what, it's a lot closer than it was with the coaches. Because I don't know what the coaches are asking for, but according to this report, they want the Big Ten to take action right away. One quote said, what are you waiting for? We know what happened. Now, I don't know. I still want more details, Pearl, if you're right. But I think they get the gist of it. You are sending somebody to advance scout. You're breaking the rules. And it did have an impact on the game. Okay. Boom. If they suspend Jim Harbaugh, does it matter really on the field? Because I think they can win games with Jim Harbaugh not there. I think the key thing to really hurt them say you can't come to the Big Ten title game. See, to me, that does feel like you're also punishing the players, right? To say the players can't go. No, I know. And all that's where these punishments get really tricky. But the players have been benefiting from the sign stealing. They have, but it's like I'm a believer in sort of the buck stops here, and but, especially for college football head coaches. I mean, I'm telling you right now, they can beat Penn State in that terrible Nittany line offense without Jim Harbaugh on the sideline. The head coach on the sideline is somewhat, there's only a few big decisions. All the work's done before. I don't think that's as really as meaningful as suspending them for a game. Mm, no, you're definitely right. I guess maybe it would be satisfying the pound of flesh that these football coaches clearly are out for. Well, the other reason I say that is this crazy, he got suspended in the beginning of the season for East Carolina, UNLV, and Bowling Green, and we all knew it was an absolute joke. It didn't yeah. make the slightest difference whatsoever. I think it's different if you suspend a guy for Penn State and suspending him for Ohio State would be really something. Yeah, but it's not the same as suspending the quarterback or something. They can definitely win those games without Jim Harbaugh. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Coming up, we do try to figure out what's really wrong with the Raiders. I mean, really, really wrong. Former President Amy Trask is going to join us next. Don't move. Maggie Proloff, CBS Sports Radio. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.